0: Happy Monday, Musicals of Cheese fans! How are you doing? I can't hear you anyway, so don't bother answering. What you're getting here is a sneak preview of what our patrons usually get. It is our first episode of our Fossy Verdon coverage. This covers the first episode of Fossy Verdon, and if you want to see our reaction to every other episode, just join us on Patreon at the $5 level and you can hear the entire series as well as our coverage on things like the muppets, um glee the first season, and we just started our recap of galavant. So you get to hear that one live with us. But enjoy this first episode of our fossy verdan coverage and if you want more, come join us on patreon. We've got a real episode coming to you this week, but enjoy this little bonus. All right, enjoy. <laughs> Fosse!
1: You know,
0: that jazz. Oh, uh... <laughs> We're talking about Fossey Verdon guys. This is overdue, um, and it's all Andrew's fault. What? <laughs> Andrew just <laughs> hates giving you guys things because he hates you patrons so much.
1: It's really Glee's fault though, because we had Glee stuff prepared and then we didn't do it.
0: Well, yeah, I got really sad. I-, I stand by that choice. I think we made the right call there.
1: Ooh, Fosse.
0: So now we're talking about Fossy Verdon, and for those of you disappointed about that, hey, it's only eight episodes long. It's not like we're going to do that. Um, Technically, it's going to be nine weeks, though, because we're ending this by uh, Musicals with Cheese episode, a Musicals with Cheese bonus episode on All That Jazz, Um, just to finalize the Fossy Verdon. That Ooh, is patron only. Patron only. You all get that for yourselves.
1: Fossy is owned by our patrons. Yes. Yes.
0: Um, Except for the Pippin episode, which is coming up
1: soon. And we'll probably do Sweet Charity, and we'll probably do Cabaret. And Cabaret,
0: we'll probably... that takes a lot of work is the thing. Cabaret is like, I'd make you watch the original, original Broadway cast, like with Joel Gray. Then I'd make you watch the movie. Then I'd make you watch the new Alan Cumming version. So that's a lot Bro. for you to watch.
1: I just want to see some Nazis, bro.
0: What about abortions?
1: Nazi abortions? Uh, um, uh, Is there any? Is there any way we can prove the babies would have been Nazis, and then we can pretend we're aborting Nazis? We could.
0: You know what? You know what? Uh, I'm in. Yes. You had to sell me. It was a hard sell, but I got there.
1: (laughs) It wasn't that hard of a sell.
0: Um, but Andrew, before you watch this very first episode, what was your relationship? Like, did you know about Bob Fosse, like, as a name? And what if you did, what did that
1: name mean to you? Um, I watched all that jazz with the commentary on one <laughs> that- time. <laughs> that's it? <laughs> that's it. Um, oh, and I- Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. That's it. Just those two.
0: Literally, you didn't see any parodies. You didn't, like, have, like, people say, oh, like, that's a Fosse moves and all that.
1: No. Honestly, I didn't know this show was going to be about him because every time you said it, I thought you were saying Foxy. So I thought it was like Foxy Verdon, and I was like, who's Verdon? <laughs> who's Foxy? I guess, I guess Verdon is very Foxy. I don't know who that is, but yeah.
0: But this um, show is brought to us by Thomas Kale, the director of Hamilton, um, who is now, I think, like the father of Michelle Williams' child, which is pretty pretty weird, but whatever. Nice. And they met on this show, so good good for them, I guess.
1: They did a, good, did a good thing. No abortion. No Nazi abortion. No. But apparently people...
0: I think Michelle Williams actually did have an abortion, and she, like, mentioned it in an acceptance speech, and then everyone's like,
1: you baby killer! Well, I guess she did two good things, then. No abortion and an
0: abortion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fossey verdon tells the story of the romantic and creative partnership between Bob Fossey and Gwen Verdon. Fossey was a filmmaker and one of theater's most influential choreographers and directors directors. directors. Verdon was a critically acclaimed actress and Broadway dancer who won four Tonys. The story of the entire series unfolds through back and forth flashes the couple's relationship to, through the years. It includes reversals of power and status as well as the context that let it all happen. It also presents Fosse and Vernon's contribution to the entertainment industry despite their personal problems. Now, Andrew, we're talking about the very first episode, the pilot, so to say. I want mm-hmm. you to tell me what happens in it, from your point of view.
1: Okay, Um. well, I think the most majority of this one is just about him filming Sweet Charity and the absolute disaster it is and then him getting, uh or attempting to get, I think he does get it in this episode right the yeah. slot on cabaret
0: i mean yes i mean directing
1: he directs it and starts directing
0: during it. yes yes and from all that like the, let's talk about that opening scene where they're he's directing the um opening number to sweet charity the hey big spender number yeah i've never this, seen anyone sum scene... up
1: what it make, means to make a movie or what it looks like <laughs> Yeah, this is what it looks like when you waste twenty million dollars. <laughs> was do you... it forty million? Yeah. How much money was this? Forty million dollars? A lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> this is what this is what's going through someone's head when they waste that much money. Why are they leaning on the side? Well um, They each have a story, <laughs> Andrew. They all have a story. I don't I, I like the uh dynamic between uh Fosse and Verdon. <laughs> is bobby is bobby and what's her name uh gwen gwen i like the dynamic there quite a bit um and i think that's going to be the strongest part of the show going forwards like by far Mm -hmm. what do you think of the music numbers
0: i think that they went through painstaking attempts to recreate um these specific like it is shocking how much they're similar that's so much like little
1: changes Freak me out. (laughs) I was, like, trying to figure out if I should have watched those shows first before we did this. Or those movies first, pardon me.
0: Um, the thing is, they don't... Should I have seen it? They don't spend much time on Sweet Charity or Cabaret. The ones that they really, like, dive deep into are Pippin, Chicago, and All That Jazz, which are the three that you have seen. So I feel like you're in a good position to get most of this where after like oh and damn yankees which i wish we had seen and we were supposed to do an episode about a long time ago but it didn't come together um but we'll do that one day that would make a really good episode but that's
1: in the next episode yes Mm -hmm. you're giving you're giving away the behind the scenes that we've already watched the first two episodes
0: i mean we do that for how we record we gave it away in glee we do two episodes like recorded one time so i don't have to look at your ugly mug every day every week exactly (laughs) Did you catch the company reference where it felt like it came right out of
1: your mouth? Yeah, it was like, oh, that's a pretty accurate description of that show.
0: It's a (laughs) man dealing with like marriage and stuff. Oh, it sounds like a bestseller. Um, I want you to talk about the characterization of Bob Fosse because you talk, you texted me in the middle of it. It's like, I don't think that any human is like this.
1: Yeah. So I think it's even more so in the second episode, but they definitely, he has these traits of the first episode too. He's just, he's very, very awkward in like a, you know, he, he talks softly most of the time and he doesn't say all that much. You know, I'm trying to describe exactly how it is. You You—you get what I'm saying though. I get I've what never you're seen saying. I've anyone act that way where you're like in a conversation with somebody and you're just kind of like, uh-huh. And mm. then say something really out of like, out of left field kind of as the next thing you say. <laughs>
0: Uh, let's try it. You be Bob Fosse, and I'll. I'll I want to see what you mean. Like
1: I, I don't know if I can do it, but I'll try. I'll...
0: <laughs> Bobby, how how can we set up the lights for this this next shot? I, I'm really worried about it. Uh,
1: hmm. I don't think we need lights. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you haven't made me wheeze like that, and <laughs> all. Jesus, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> that's about accurate is the thing <laughs> <laughs> I mean compare this cuz you've seen all that jazz or at least you've watched all that jazz with the commentary on yeah cuz
1: i sent you a bad file you oh. sent me the file with the commentary on except for i could have shut it off but
0: <laughs> you could have texted how... me
1: to be like hey I was like, why does he want me to watch it with the commentary on? That's weird.
0: You know, that seems like something you text someone about and be like, oh, this is how you fix it. And then, you know, you just sat well, there with wanna, the commentary. I
1: didn't want to bother you. And there was some pretty interesting stuff. Yes.
0: But from the characterization of Bob Fosse's self-insert character and all that jazz compared to Sam Rockwell's performance here, like, how, how do they rank it, among each other?
1: There's really no difference. <laughs> they kind of feel like of the different. same character. I don't know. They feel very similar to me.
0: The thing is, um, Roy Schneider's performance of Bob Fosse, or I think his name was Joe Gideon in the movie, but he's basically playing Bob Fosse. Even when he showed up at Bob Fosse's funeral, it's like, his ghost is standing right there. (laughs) Yeah, that was what someone remarked. Um, And he's very confident a lot more like oh i don't care i don't-. like he doesn't have that like navel gazing that um sam rockwell puts into there he has this very high confidence side and you understand why he's more of a womanizer where sam rockwell kind of feels like he can't function as a human in a different way than um
1: roy schneider's performance <laughs> I okay so I think that's kind of a almost because uh Bob ro- Bobby wrote himself in all that jazz and he probably wanted he probably sees himself as that really confident womanizer type but he he was though he
0: fucks so many
1: women so yeah, yeah, many yeah. women but I think when other people are looking from the outside you can kind of see that like no one is actually this confident and no one is actually this like weird and it, I feel like it's an act of sorts because he's so self-conscious that he has to stand out in some way i mean that that, that is fair as well um all right let me compare those two
0: performances because like in here they both kind of give them given moments to shine um but sam rockwell's performance he's not bringing as much to the table as um michelle williams is at Gwen as gwen verton when i look at sam rockwell he is sam rockwell in a bald cap when I look at Michelle Williams, she is becoming she has become Gwen Verdon. I no longer see Michelle Williams anymore. She did such a good job just dissolving into that role. And have you seen photos of the real Gwen Verdon? I looked some up
1: I, I, I was think... doing a bit of research while I was watching the show to kind of, like, sort of understand better what they're trying to do. Um, So I saw a few pictures. Not, not like, a crazy amount, though.
0: But I think it's pretty uncanny how much alike they look.
1: They do look very, very alike. Although it... a lot of that's probably, you know, costumes, makeup, that kind of stuff. I think it's well, mostly but...
0: just the hairstyle, but they also very much have just similar facial structures. But she nails it with the voice, especially when she's performing. Like, it is... Super effective, and we don't get much performances from her in this one, um, because she's kind of behind the scenes and working with her daughter at home. This and... first,
1: this first episode is much more about uh, Bob, mm-hmm. whereas I think, and I don't know if later episodes will also be like this, but the second episode is more about uh, Gwen. Yeah.
0: And that's kind of how it breaks down. Uh, Let's talk very briefly about um, Fosse's womanizing ways and how it is shown in the show.
1: I feel like we should save some of that for the next episode because that's where where this really happens.
0: But the thing is, this episode shows us in a vacuum. Like, I'm very interested in your idea where the only person Bob in this world that we're shown ever was married to or that we should care about is Gwen and that the only woman that we've ever seen him, like, cheat on her with, and it could be the first, it could be the 50th, is this, I think, costume designer on the cabaret set? Like that? Oh, no, translator.
1: Yeah, but that's in the second episode. I'm
0: pretty sure it was in this one, because this one ends with um, Gwen showing up, and with the gorilla suit, and knocking on the door. Oh, no, you're right. The cheating happens here, but the fallout's the next episode. Yes, the fallout is the next episode. But I want your opinions on, like, uh, like can you? What was your opinion on like? Would this girl actually be interested in this very famous man mar- married to a very famous woman? And like, how that all plays out? Oh yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know about his mannerisms. I think he's kind of predatory, just a bit. Um, just the way he speaks to them, and mm-hmm. like, he sort of uses his position as a as like an in. And you see that a bit more in the second uh, episode. Um, he, he's not. He doesn't seem like a great guy. <laughs> no no and
0: the question is but he was brilliant and that was his one vice and he needed i mean it was one of like 50 vices but he needed an (laughs) outlet and all that and i hate that because brilliant brilliant people
1: are all are all evil and you just have to forgive them because they're geniuses
0: and at least in this episode it appears consensual and I feel like that was a big, like, caveat. Like, even in the book Fossey, there was like, all the women wanted to do this, so let's, let's be clear here. He didn't, like, force them into it, but then again, when you're in a position of power... let's be
1: clear. Having a position of power and using it over women is in no way Using anything. it over anyone,
0: like, whether you be gay, straight, or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm not saying women specifically. I mean, he's obvi- he obviously is using it over women, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no. So, I mean... On some level, it probably, well, I don't even know if I can say probably, because I don't really know the details, but, sure, I'll say probably was consensual, consensual? Yeah. Right?
0: Yes, and there was moments where he came on too strong where it was not reciprocated, and the problem there is they would do worse in the show, and he would not treat them as well because of that yeah that is where you get to big issues and we don't find that out so much later in this tv show but you find it out quite often in the book that this is based on
1: yeah and i'm sure he doesn't seem too hesitant to kick people out of his shows uh so i'm sure he would do that sometimes as well <laughs>
0: so let's talk about the musical numbers within this episode um because we have the opening number sweet charity um where they're directing the big spender number which is a plus like they recreated the scene brilliantly and just the way that they edit it where it shows how they kind of work as this relatively unhealthy machine between the two of them i think that's great um then we have the mine hair scene where he's choreographing and having all these issues and like trying to figure out how to stage it with the choreography and then how to shoot it with the staging. I, I that scene is perfect in
1: its own way. Like and I like that they it's don't interesting they just keep doing the same number yeah. over and over again, which is interesting. Because it's um, accurate. Yeah. It's cool to see that. I think which is uh somewhat interesting for us covering it. None of the music is uh what non diegetic? Is that right? Yeah, that'd be non diegetic. It's all diegetic. All the music is taking place in the show. Mm-hmm at least so far unless I don't know do you count like flashbacks as being non-diegetic I don't think like. what do you do mean that. like when you flash back to uh damn Yankees and play it over uh, a different scene happening but I don't oh, know oh no
0: no 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 nothing like that
1: <laughs> um <laughs> there are songs in the show
0: that are non diegetic though when he uh, gets deeper into his drugs and all that oh I can't wait yeah and then there's like full musical numbers and it gets real intense and it this show so dives into really, surrealism a bit
1: really do all that jazz <laughs> they do except you know different this all that jazz the tv show it really has the same tone though like they didn't change anything tonally from all that jazz uh and i think that it's intentional because they're probably trying to uh replicate the, the fans, style replicate the style get the fans of that because it's the same subject matter uh but you know me
0: all that jazz is my favorite film of all time and i think that this does a very good job replicating a lot of the stylistic choices that Bob Fosse made as a oh, it does. film director.
1: Yeah, it, it do, I mean, in the first scene, I didn't I didn't even know what this was about because I'm a dummy who doesn't like research anything before we start watching it. I don't watch um, musicals, Jess. Yeah, so literally I didn't know what it was about, but in like the first scene, I was like, "Oh, this is like all that jazz." <laughs> it's like he walks out with a cigarette in his mouth and and it's like 70s musical shit happening and it's like okay this is all that jazz (laughs) but name me any other film aside from that one and
0: any other show aside from this one that dives equally as deep into the musical theater world as it does in the filmmaking which is just kind of my my two my my chocolate and peanut butter mixed together
1: i don't know maybe that like walt disney movie i didn't watch it (laughs) the the mary poppins walt disney movie yeah the mary poppins well i didn't watch it so maybe that one
0: I remember that was the most frustrating fil- oh, like, film watching experience I had because the Walt Disney shit is so entertaining that it will cut to like P.L. Travers' childhood in
1: Australia and you're like, ah, I'm bored. Who cares? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I can't wait to watch that Winnie the Pooh movie, but it's about the actual Christopher Robin. What? Yeah, there's a Winnie the Pooh movie about the real Christopher Robin. Not
0: the one with the talking animals like the the other, no, like, other one?
1: The real life, real Christopher Robin. It's about the fuck. Yeah. And it's about how everyone makes fun of him because he's Christopher (laughs) Robin.
0: Well the kid um Jamberry wrote peter pan about this group of boys that he met in the park and then he would eventually become the father of because he married their mom yeah um and he just gave all the lost boys in peter pan their names and then one of the boys was named peter and yeah that kid eventually threw himself in front of a fucking subway train because he was sick of that shit
1: (laughs) that's not funny at all but it's
0: hilarious
1: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that that don't do that to people don't be like and this is him (sighs) In real life. Okay, don't do that to people. Even if you're writing something that you don't think will ever be popular, if you're going to try to sell it, you never know what's going to happen. Don't name, don't yeah, name change your the characters names. after real people. Come on. I mean, you, <laughs>
0: I do it all the time because sometimes I just go through my friends list and throw them into my scripts. Um, But, you know, I, I would never publicly be like, and this is based off my buddy Andrew. <laughs> Andrew DeWolf yeah. who lives in Albany, New York.
1: Do that to your enemies. Yes. Name all your characters after your enemies. Name all your characters Rob. Yes. Rob. Rob. And Brent. No, we love Brent. Don't do that. Brent, you're now the main character of the Wright Brothers musical. I'm sorry. (laughs) We cut out the Wright Brothers. All about Brent. We're going to name one of them Brent and the other one Black. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, I know he won't listen to this, so it's like... (laughs) whatever you have anything else to say about episode one here i don't i feel like we haven't even talked about the episode <laughs> oh we talked about it a little bit um i wish you had it's a pilot
0: yeah it, i wish you had seen cabaret a bit because i want to know if you agree with the gorilla discussion
1: okay i don't know what it's about but from what i heard um and i absolutely agree with this joke on top of a joke yeah. premise yeah it, people do this all the time. They're like we're telling a joke, but like let's like make it so like you there's more than the one joke. joke. Yeah, and it's like okay, but that ruins the joke, you know? Like y- you don't have to have the person telling the joke wearing googly eyeglasses that doesn't improve your joke at all You know like tell that to Carrot it- Top
0: my friend
1: Carrot Top's awful. <laughs> he seems like a really nice guy, though. I will admit. I'm sure he seems is. like a really I'm sure cool he dude. is. And he looks kind of like me if you, like, made me look like Carrot Top.
0: No, guys. Um, patrons, tell us who you think Andrew actually looks like because it's not sh- Carrot
1: Top. It might be Bozo the Clown. That's not true. It might be Pogo the Clown. Oh, God. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that what's his name? Yes, it is. Dunwing Good. DC. <laughs> Good. I think this is a good place to leave office so we can hit the second episode, because I have more to say on the second episode.
0: Um, I know, but one more thing I wanted to bring up. The most far-fetched thing in this episode oh, is sure. by far the most, the thing that is like, even shocked me as I read the book, and I was like, oh. Where his wife flies all the way to fucking Munich or wherever they were filming to help and out. And flies back, yeah. And then she flies back to New York to get the fucking gorilla suit, and then she comes back and finds him cheating on her. <laughs> That sounds what like a ridiculous miserable weekend. That sounds like a ridiculously, you know, like soap opera drama thing, but that's literally what happened in real life. How did he not know that she was going to be coming back? He didn't care is the thing. He it later becomes clear um both in the book and in the novel that he has a horrible
1: sex addiction. Is he is he a sex addict or is he a sociopath? He might be both um because being addicted to sex and not giving a fuck if your spouse finds out that you're fucking other people are two very different things
0: well there's also that and he would beg like the thing is it was only one-sided so um it becomes more of an issue when he's with um annette uh oh god did i forget her name already i want to say annette footage but i know that's not her name um who did margaret Qualley play um, Annette, Ann Ranking, I'm such a fucking idiot <laughs> Ann Reinking, um, because she's a much younger woman So she's like, well if you can fuck whoever you want Can't I fuck whoever you want? No, you you stay with me <laughs> You're mine, but yeah. I get to do whatever the fuck I want and that's where the sociopath side. It's one thing to be want to be in an open relationship. Two consenting adults can do that as much as they want. That's cool. And I've known well, people that make that's that work. The
1: thing, just sleeping around and then after the fact saying, "Oh, I thought it was an open relationship." Like that's not an open relationship. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and later they justify oh uh, well we'll talk about this when we get to the bottle episode that they have in here
1: oh boy i think this is all for this episode we're gonna continue
0: all right guys next week we'll see you next time on our fossey verdon
1: podcast we're about to get very controversial, by the way. You gotta stay tuned. Yeah, we're gonna say, say some shit. I'm gonna Don't Alright, we'll see you next time Scrolls Me- <laughs> with
0: Cheese and whatever the show is. Bye, patrons. This is patrons with cheese, actually. Patrons with Fuck. Yeah. Okay. This is patrons with cheese. We'll talk about whatever the fuck
1: we I have to do all the branding around here. Just doesn't put in any effort.
0: <laughs> we'll see you next time, guys. <laughs>